Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. My next guest is Steve Smith. He's been with us before, and uh, happy to have him back. We're we're talking to him from Growth Source Coaching in Lake Forest, California, and we're going to talk about boosting the value of your business before you try to sell it. It's very important to think about the value of your business. You know. Eight to nine out of 10 business owners that go to business valuation people and M&A, people that sell businesses, uh, advisors, you know, they get turned away or they walk away because they're just not happy with the value that they're hearing about. So Steve's going to talk about that. Steve, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. Uh, Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. You know, we had an interesting conversation before, and listeners, you can find in the audio library, you can find Steve's prior interview. Just put in his name, Steve Smith, put it into the audio, uh, to the index, and you'll find his last interview where we talked about your background and what you do. But fill us in a little bit more about what Growth Source cons- uh, Coaching does, and then let's get into our topic. I'd be happy to, Bill. Um, we have one singular focus at Growth Source Coaching, and that's to help either business owners or company executives, anybody that's in business that is in a position of influence and authority and responsibility for driving a business forward. Um, We work with those folks to help tune them up professionally so that they can build the business that they have more successfully. Um, What I've learned in my 30 years of being in business, working with business owners, helping people build their own businesses, is until you grow, your business is going to have difficulty growing. Um, So that's where our focus is. It's helping that that man or woman in the corner office figure out how to do what they do better so they can have a much better uh, impact and outcome on the business they have. I like the concept. Tell us more about what you mean about that, though. Until you grow, you, your business can't grow. Um, most folks that get into business at some point, and, and that, that point is different for everybody, but at some point, they, they from a growth standpoint, a personal development standpoint, they stop. Uh, they start moving into kind of a plateau phase. And it's either because they don't challenge themselves to stay up with the new things in the marketplace or the new things that are involved in the, the, the industry that they're in, or they just don't see a need to continue to push themselves. And so what we look at are a couple of areas where we've found people typically fall prey to this, you know, that they just stop in their tracks and, and everything kind of moves around them and they're just not going forward. And a lot of times it's the way they think. It's the way they perceive what they're doing, what their business is in, in, in business to do, and what's going on in the marketplace around them. Uh, they may stop with uh, learning how to be better managers and leaders of the organizations they're responsible for. Uh, and certainly the, the one of probably the biggest areas in running a business today that everybody has to keep up on is just what, what marketing works today. You know, things marketing is so cyclical, and when what worked five years ago is not working now, and what worked 15 years ago is coming back into, into vogue. So if you're not in those three areas staying ahead and, and learning and developing and putting it in this, you, you basically just go stagnant. And once you go stagnant, it's not too long after that to where the organization follows. 
Is, is aging a part of that as well? Are a lot of people just tired? That's a big element of it, but I got to be honest with you, in my last three or four years, as much of the economy has changed and people that were formerly used to working in large companies have now gone out and tried to start up their own their own enterprises, um, what I'm finding is there's just as many people in their mid-late 50s into their 60s that are just totally energized about what they're doing. So energy is a big part of it because if you're sluggish, if you just don't feel there's any meaning left in what you're doing, you're kind of going through those motions, uh, that can just cause you just mentally to collapse in terms of really wanting to push forward and do things that you know is required of being successful today. That's a great comment. I love it. And in business uh, and in life, there are A tasks, A priority tasks, B priority tasks, and C priority tasks. Uh, do you find a lot of business owners are doing too many of the B and C tasks? And, and if they got rid of those, would they feel more energized about their business? Uh, I think many, many people fall into that exact problem. And what happens is they lose the ability to prioritize. And once you lose the ability to set priority, everything you look at seems like a priority, which means nothing has priority status. And so you find yourself working on things which are most comfortable and familiar to you. And that may not be the thing that drives the business, or that may not be the most important place for you to be spending your time and focus. So yes, many times those uh, those B and C activities, uh, they're not the most important things in the world, but they're the things that if we can get them done and get them off our plate, we, we have an immediate feeling of satisfaction because we accomplished something. We just haven't accomplished the most important things. Now, what mistakes do you find that business owners make that dilute their market value prior to selling a business? Probably the number one thing I run into, and it has a rippling effect, is when people are within maybe three to five years from knowing that they want to cash out, that the, you know that they've been in the business for a couple of decades, it may have been a family business, and they're just you know they're starting to see that endpoint. Um, what happens is they start actively checking out from the business. Uh, they start to get a little distant in terms of the day-to-day operations or or the oversight of maybe the, the staff or the team that you've employed to run the business. And when they start doing that, what happens is a lot of the things that were put in place initially to make the business sharp and crisp and responsible and, and, and value-driven from the, the, you know, the client or the customer standpoint, those things start to kind of wane. They start to, they, they start to evaporate. And when that happens, that's when you start start having businesses that go into stagnation, they go into decline, uh, start, certain parts don't work anymore. Uh, and, and when that happens, that's when it's very, very difficult now that you may be looking at you know two or three years before you definitely want to get out of having to recreate all that and get it back on the right track. So it's kind of a minding the store, if you will. You don't have to be doing all the work, but you need to make sure that everything that's been laid out continues to be done. Because that's human nature for a lot of people. You know, uh, you, you hand off things to people, and when they first take them on, they're like, okay, I'm I'm spot on. But a while down the road, now they've got more things to do, and, and some of the important things don't get done anymore. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Um, the, the, the important things not only to get done, but the owners stop doing the things that will position them for a profitable sale. Here's what I'm talking about. And, and I guess a good uh, example would be kind of a sports metaphor. Um, pro teams, whether they're football, basketball, baseball, soccer, any ones that you, that you like, they have talent scouts. 
they have people that do nothing but go out and continually look for talent. Whether there's a position open on the team or not, they're constantly looking at the landscape, trying to figure out who they have to talk to to position themselves for to, to be the best team they can be, not only today but, but years down the road. Um, many business owners, you know, they stay so insular into the four walls of the business, and when they decide one day that, gee, i, I got to start thinking about selling this thing, the best thing to do is to start getting out in the market and start connecting with your other colleagues and people that you know to start figuring out who that client would be that might want to buy your farm. Because at some point, like you said initially, somebody may call up a business broker and say, come in here and evaluate this place so I can figure out what the market value it is. Well, that's one aspect. The other aspect is you've got to find somebody willing to pay that amount and take the business off your hands. That's a great point. We've had people on the show before that do things like public relations campaigns for venture capital firms who have bought firms, and they say one of the first things they do is is try to create a better image of the business that's going to be for sale in that particular trade or that particular industry. So positioning and creating that image first is, is what you're talking about, is, is understanding who's going to buy, how do we, what are they looking for? Is that another part of it? What are they looking for? Uh, the other element is what's most important. What are the real value assets in a business? Now, obviously, if you have a, a business that has you know equipment or machinery or some proprietary patents, physical things like that, then there's going to be value placed on those. But for a lion's share of the business, the things that are of the greatest value are the things that the business owners don't always pay a lot of attention to. And one of the things I see is a well-developed customer database. You know, if you've been in business 15, 20 years or more, you've probably got a pretty sophisticated sized database of people you've done business with. But if you're not constantly connecting and staying connecting with those folks and kind of nurturing that relationship, then your database starts to get cold. And a business owner coming in who may like your business, may not necessarily be in love with what the business does, but he just wants a well-run, profitable business, that's one of the first things they're going to look at is, if I come in here and take over this, how good is the database that's already there? Can I plug into that and try to sell them other related products or services to expand this? So they're really looking at the, the, the future marketing potential, and a lot of business owners tend not to focus on that throughout the entire running of the business, much less at the tail end. So that, in, in a way, that establishes kind of a value in that uh, buyer's mind is how easily can I come in and just hit the ground running with this business without a lot of interruption or, or learning curve, right? I, I don't, wanna, I don't want something I have to... And that's why franchises have become so popular. They come with an operation manual, but a lot of, of um, private businesses um, haven't taken the steps to create these processes and systems. What else uh, would you say the buyer is looking for that really stands out in their mind when they look at a business? Um, the buyers are looking for, and, and you just mentioned it, and it's under the heading of process, how many daily tasks or routines or systems do, does, the, the, does the, the employees have to go through in order to consistently deliver on the output that the customer comes and pays for? 
Um, if those those systems are written down, if the employees understand them and they're doing them the exact same way all the time, which which goes a long way to, to developing consistency output, um, a new owner can come in and say, okay, great, I've got a well-oiled machine that's going to continue to run. Now, if I get in there and find out that I need to replace a few people, I'm not firing someone who's going to be taking uh, what I call institutional knowledge with them, meaning when they go, everything that they did goes with it. And, and that can be really scary for people that are buying into new companies. The first thing they've got to worry about is, what if some of my key employees don't like the ownership change and they decide to leave and go to work for someone else? Can I be sure that that position can still run under a new employee, or is the thing so undocumented that when that person leaves, everything they knew how to do goes with it? Oh, you hit the nail on the head there. That's that's a big concern of a lot of people is that there's this water cooler knowledge, <laughs> you know, of, yes. <laughs> of things, yeah. things that are unsaid, but they're known and they might even be talked about. Uh, and we're not capturing that intellectual, how do we do, not how do we do things, but how do we do them uh, the best and, and better. And if they're not even uh, on a written page, uh, then, then there's a huge risk for a, a business owner coming in. Yes. So what? Yes. So where do where do business owners start with this type of a thing? Is it just starting to have employees document what they do and and start building that book? Well, typically, what I look at with a with an owner client that has got that on the horizon is we start to map out what kind of condition, what position does this business need to be in when you put it out on the market for sale. And that may mean doing what I call a, a kind of a curb evaluation. Uh, and, and this is easy for anybody to do. You walk out the front of your business, go across the street, stand on the curb on the opposite side of the street, and look at that business and say, what am I really seeing? You know, what, what first impression am I getting about that business based on what I see and knowing nothing else? And it's really an eye-opener when you guide somebody through that process and get them to kind of leave their own perceptions and their own biases, you know, back in the office and get out there and say, okay, this is a business that I have to look at very objectively and figure out what I need to do to bring it up to a standard and certainly a market value level where somebody's going to pay the price I need them to pay for it. So that thing's got to be established right up front. They need to know exactly how far they need to take it in order to get it there. And from from that, then you can start looking at, you know, what kind of infrastructure um, changes need to be made, what kind of processing uh, needs to be documented and needs to be put into practice so that people feel good about it and they understand it, because that's the culture. I mean, if you've got a bunch of people working in a, in a business and nobody really knows quite for certain what everybody else does, then that kind of ripples its way through throughout the whole business. And you've got to figure those things out so that when that new owner comes in and, and gets the keys and the old guy walks away with his check, uh, that person feels like they've bought a solid operation that they can continue to build on. Steve, you're a buyer. You walk into a business. You say, show me your binder. Show me your book that describes your business. What are the first... What are the first five tabs you're looking for, and why are they important? The first tab that I'm looking for is a a summary of why that business is in business. What's their real reason for being in business? Um, Here's a great example. I worked with a hardware company a number of years ago, and, you know, everybody's been in a hardware store before, and they they like to have a million different things that that people can choose from. But the owner of this company said, our real reason for being in business is to help people solve problems in the home. 
So when they come in here, we want to make sure that we address that maintenance problem or that fix-it problem. And, oh, by the way, if they need parts in order to do it, we help them find it. And so he created a whole bigger-than-life kind of reason for that store to be in existence. And they did very well, and that's why people came and shopped there. So I want to know, what have they done to really uh, kind of build a presence, a brand in the marketplace that, that people will come for regardless of, you know, what things, you know, what things cost and, and who else is around providing the same service. I really want to know what makes them distinct. The second thing I want to know is I want to see a bio of all the people that they're working there, you know, from the, from the, the COO and, and the managers all the way down to everybody's there. I want to know who is there, who I'm going to have on my team if I decide to buy this place. Mm-hmm. The third thing I would look at is what um, uh, what, are, what are the financials looking like for the last five years? It doesn't really make sense to go back beyond that because so much changes that it would be hard to replicate it. The fourth thing I would want to look at is what kind of customers are they serving? You know, um, and they don't have to give me the the list of every single person they've ever done business with, but I want to know what what markets that that they're penetrating, what areas that they've done well in, which ones do they that they have on the hopper that they want to try to do because that that will tell me that they have some desire to continue to grow up until the day that ownership changes. So. Those are the kind of things I want to know because what, what I'm basically I, – I don't want to buy uh, a ship that's going down. I want to buy a ship that's sailing and can go faster with the right kind of resources and, and emphasis behind it. Yeah, great great points. And the, the why is, is critically important because that's what everybody is kind of working for, working, uh, working towards is, is to help those customers – and the bio of people is exactly in line with what I hear from all kinds of professionals are saying, look, we're, we're going to wait who, who's on your team two or three times more than, than your market and your product because those people can, if they're good people, they can solve a lot of issues and get us into a lot of uh, business opportunities. We only got to have time for about one more question, but if a business owner decided to sell their business, what would you recommend doing to maximize their selling price? Two things. First, if they haven't already done it, I would tell them to go to a uh, to a professional valuation company and get a formal valuation. And then I would have somebody sit down with them and go through that and start looking at the areas that are in, in that are influencing that price. Because nine times out of ten, what the owner has is a price in their head, and what they see on a written report don't ever match up. So the first thing I would say is figure out where the gaps are. Let's take a look at the areas that may be dragging you down or not quite at a level that you think they should be and start working on tuning those up. So figure out what's behind the numbers and what can help you push those numbers up. That's right. You don't need to work on everything. Some things will probably be running well. Some things, it doesn't matter what you do to them. They're not going to change the value of the business from an outside perspective. But really understanding where the, what, what's causing the numbers to be that way and what you have to do to influence them, that's where I would start with them right off the bat. That's where we're going to leave off for today, but I want you to come back again soon and let's take it take it a little deeper because I love the stuff that we're digging up here that you're talking about. It's very important, and I think it's very clearly communicated, so I appreciate that. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Steve? Uh, they can visit me on my website at www.growthsourcecoaching.com, uh, or they can call me on my direct line at 949-951-9163. I love having informal chats with people that are looking for help because uh, I can definitely tell them what they need to be focused on and how they can get there, and then they can decide whether I'm the match for them or not. 
Well, I really appreciate it. And listeners, you know, yeah, you can sell your business. Anybody can sell their business right now, today. That's not the issue. It's the question is, can you get the price you need to get? And to do that, you need to know where you are and where you need to go. And that's Steve, somebody is somebody that can certainly help you with that. So thanks very much for joining us again. And we look forward to the next time, Steve. Uh, have a great thanks, day. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate being here. Thank you. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back after this with another guest. So please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50 plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 